Hello, and thank you for joining us for another episode of This Week in AML. I'm John Byrne, Chair of the AMLRS Advisory Board. And I'm Elliot Berman, our Creative Director. We are excited to welcome you to the This Week in AML podcast, where we explore key news and developments in the global financial crime prevention community. Hi, John. How are you this week? Good, Elliot. How are, how are things going? Good. Uh, the weather's turned more wintry here. We haven't had much snow, but it's gotten quite cold. Uh, but that's not unusual for just before Thanksgiving here in Wisconsin. So you're still having sort of that that nice glide path fall that you have in Northern Virginia. Yep. Yep. So far, so good. Uh, I think it's going to be this way for a few days. So uh, at least through the next three or four, 50 degrees and can't complain. So, hey, a uh, bunch of things have happened. Obviously, we had the elections in the United States. So there'll be some changes in um, legislative seats, as they say, uh, coming in 2023. But for our purposes, having done this for many, many years, typically money laundering and related topics, even including what we're going to talk about today, tend to be fairly bipartisan. So I don't really see uh, changes, even though the changes are, aren't going to be major the Senate stays the same and the House is only going to be slightly Republican. I don't think it's going to change the focus on digital assets, cryptocurrency. And then obviously, as we've talked about in many, many of our conversations, uh, money laundering sanctions and terrorist financing. Uh, but a lot in the past couple of days we thought made sense to mention. And obviously, one of the the big things happens um, happens to do with um you know, what occurred with FTX. So without going th through in detail, a couple things that are outcomes of that collapse. One is the House uh, in early December is going to hold a hearing on the Financial Services Committee on the collapse of FTX and broader consequences for the ecosystem of uh, digital assets. And then the Secretary of Treasury, Janet Yellen, just released a statement late, earlier this afternoon. We're recording this on Wednesday. And she says, uh, I'm quoting, the recent failure of a major cryptocurrency exchange and the unfortunate impact that has resulted for holders and investors in crypto assets demonstrate the need for more effective oversight of cryptocurrency markets. And she references the President's Working Group on Financial Markets, the Executive Order on Digital Assets, and a study uh, we're going to mention in a moment. But I think all this means is that there's going to be a lot of focus on whether or not current regulations and current oversight are sufficient, you know, given how relatively new this this part of the financial industry is. And so based on those two uh, things, the Yellen statement and the announcement by the House, there was also a, a report released by Treasury earlier this week from uh, to the White House Competition Council. And it's got a lengthy title, but assessing the impact of new entrant non-bank firms on competition in consumer finance markets. What was uh, some of the big takeaways in, in that report? It's interesting. It, it was, uh, first, the report's been in the works for the better part of a year. Um, secondly, as the, the that lengthy title uh, talks about, uh, a lot of, the report is about how non-banks and non-bank uh, relationships with traditional banks or insured depository institutions, um, how that's affecting competition. 
But there are some, uh, and there are a number of recommendations which we can talk about in a moment. But a, I think for me as a, you know, uh, bank regulatory lawyer for many many years, I think the some of the con conversation or text in the report about the impact of regulation and the purpose of regulation is an important place to start, particularly in light of both the, the House Financial Services Committee plan for a hearing and, and Secretary Yellen's comments. And that is that when you really get down to it, the bank regulatory structure in the United States is about safety and soundness and stability of the financial system coupled with consumer protection. So we're certainly seeing um, that um, many people who were uh, were holding their crypto assets at FTX are being have been hurt, and um, it's not clear what the result will be for them. The organization's in bankruptcy, so that process will grind away. Um, but which consumer protection uh, regimes might apply isn't clear, and there are many other fintech financial service providers other than exchanges, certainly many of the peer-to-peer -peer payment mechanisms and others like that. There are neobanks that um, are operating totally online um, with a broad range of financial services, including um, taking deposits, but since they're not insured depository institutions, they're doing it uh, under some kind of a shared arrangement with a, where those deposits are really being held at traditional banks. Um, so I think, you know, coming back to your question, what's the, what are the big takeaways? I think one of the takeaways is that um, Treasury is very interested in figuring out how to balance innovation, competition, and protection. Um, and that is a tough three-legged stool, to be honest, um, because innovators will generally say, just get out of my way, we can make it better. Uh, Competitors will say, I want a fair competitive landscape, uh, but everybody then argues about what fair means. And protection and stability tend to be um, governors of uh, rapid innovation. So, um, and they talk about all of that in the report. But um, again, I think what we saw with FTX, which was something that you know, so very rapid um, disintegration of a huge pile of assets that now with a lot of people being stuck, that's going to get regulators and legislators saying, well, we got, we have to look at this now, you know, there are some people who are big innovation supporters who will say, it'll all work out. Let's see how, you know, give it, give it a chance. Um, they probably didn't have a lot of money tied up at uh, FTX, uh, but um, we'll have to see. Um, did you take a look at the recommendations in the report? Um, yeah, but I wanted to also highlight the section on risk because one of the things oh, from, yeah, from our world, you know, you know, they talked about sort of toward the end of the report, re reliability and fraud. And they said a few things that I thought were particularly compelling, and they say that issues with that, reliability and fraud, are widely cited concerns with the provision of digital financial services. And um, they say consumers may not recognize that they're not transacting directly 
um, with a, a depository institution when they use what they're calling a non-bank neobank, which is a relatively new term that I wasn't aware of. <laughs> and, and, they, and they also mentioned that this sort of goes back to the whole issue of you could access and de-risking, I guess. Additionally, they said that the CFPB has received a number of complaints related to certain of these neobanks, with consumers reporting sudden account closures, unexpected loss of access to their funds, and alleged ca cases of fraudulent transactions in which consumers report major challenges in seeking remediation. So that's, uh, you know, we have enough fraud going on, obviously. They said one study said nearly 18 million Americans were defrauded through P2P or digital wallets in 2020. So fighting crime, you know, as they mentioned, major expense, the total amount projected of compliance in this report for 2021 was $49.9 billion across financial institutions only in the U.S. So um, that's that's also, a, I think, an area of focus for our community uh, in terms of that. And I think, you know, there's going to be more studies and uh, but it, it all comes down to what I mentioned earlier, and that is, will there be additional regulation, federal level, state level, both, you know, that that sort of thing. And so I think that that's that's pretty important. But on the recommendation side, um, they talk mainly about how federal banking regulators can use their existing authority to make sure there's competition, make sure there's proper oversight. Um, that are commensurate with the risks, of course, as they're doing with traditional banks. And uh, they had five categories of recommendations. Competition, as I mentioned, enabling competition in responsible consumer credit underwriting, effective oversight of a bank fintech relationships, competition again with small dollar lending. And one of the areas they spent a lot of time on is secure data sharing. So they talk about privacy and data sharing quite a bit in this in this study as well. Yes, and that's uh, an ongoing challenge. And of course, in, in other parts of the world, um, UK and, um, and Europe, uh, the European Union where, where we, uh, our company operates, um, the uh, consumer privacy uh, protections at the, at the country level are substantially higher than they are in the US. Um, we have some protections here and some states, uh, California initially, but more states now following, uh, are, are beginning, are en enacting stronger uh, data protection and privacy uh, regimes. But um, it is a growing risk and a growing concern. Um, I, the, I think the, the thing that, I scratch my head about just a little bit in reading the Treasury report. Their recommendation about, you know, uh, bank regulators using their existing authority um, that works in the to the extent that they're going to uh, modify existing regulations and even without doing that, change their examination procedures to look at how banks that are uh, partnering with non-banks, how those relationships are being managed, and is there adequate risk assessment and uh, the like. Uh, but without probably change, you know, new legislation or amendments to existing legislation, I'm not sure how far they can truly get 
to reaching some of the non-banks who at the moment sit outside um, their regulatory schemes. Um, we know that, for example, they have, uh, they, the, they the regulators, I mean, in this case, FinCEN has um, extended a good share of the Bank Secrecy Act regulations to crypto exchanges coming all the way back to that um, through definitions by defining them as MSBs. Uh, but I don't know that that works up and down the regulatory uh, schemes. Right. So a lot more to come on this. Uh, Elliot, do you want to mention that next week we'll be pulling this week in AML out of our archives since it's Thanksgiving week? Yeah. So you and I are going to, uh, last year we set a precedent and for Thanksgiving, it was the first time we hadn't done a live uh, one. And so we took uh, Thanksgiving week and Christmas week off last year. We're going to do that again this year. Uh, we're going to be running an archive edition. It's something that we did earlier in the year on elder financial uh, abuse, uh, which we think is an important topic that should be, you know, stay on everybody's uh, important list. It seems to be more prevalent uh, at this time of the year. And uh, uh, with all of the other um uh, activity going on online and things like that. So uh, we'll be doing that. And then we'll be back uh, the week after that, um, which will be the uh, uh, first Friday in December with a live event. Uh, John, you want to mention uh, the December webinar? Well, the December webinar broadly based is on corruption. We will have a couple of investigative journalists uh, that are, as we speak, working on um, several projects that they believe will be completed by the time of the December 15th event. So uh, more, more to come on that, but obviously corruption, a major issue in our, in our community. And they will uh, cover that as, as uh, good journalists always do sort of making sure everybody's aware that it's a broad based problem. I would just say that this will, you'll hear that you'll, as, as you hear this, we'll already have had the, the November event, counterterrorism financing across the globe. Um, and what we'll be able to do with you in the future is share excerpts of that going forward. So that's always an important topic for our, um, for our community as well. Right. And when you hear this edition uh, on Friday, you will be able to register for the uh, December webinar at our website, amlrightsource.com. Uh, John, good to talk to you. We had a some technical difficulties, but we finally got to the finish line. Hopefully we'll fix them going forward. But yes, uh, in, enjoy uh, the rest of your week. And of course, Thanksgiving, and we will talk soon. Sounds great. Bye-bye.